0: I think one of the things about running and specifically trail running and probably specifically like these ultra running ultra endurance where you're like out there in the wilderness for hours and hours and hours. I think the thing about that that's always interested me is how can these really, really long days or long events um, help a person kind of understand their life or process big events Um, and I think part of that is due to my own you know my own story and my own reasons for going out there and you know pushing my limits and wanting time to myself out in the wilderness and and you know looking to kind of understand What's gone on in my life, and and even like processing certain events. Um, I think that might actually be the reason why I started ultra running, and it's definitely like something I'm very very interested in. Something I'm interested in exploring uh, with the podcast. Something I'm interested in like connecting with people about, um, and something that you know some of my best friends from ultra running we've been able to connect and talk about and and kind of try to understand. Like, it's just an interesting thing. Like, how does this sport relate to um, just that self-understanding of one story? Or how does the sport relate to processing these big life events? I just think that is so incredibly fascinating. Um, because it does and it's that's a commonality amongst so many people. and in this episode today we're gonna sit down we're gonna talk to Carol Sepalu and Carol is just an unbelievable absolutely amazing athlete uh, and she has a very she shares in this episode a very personal story of a major event in her life um that is definitely intertwined in her running. Uh Carol is an athlete who runs with a permanent uh tracheotomy um that she breathes out of uh and she is absolutely like like it's just it's, she's absolutely incredible she's so inspiring we talk about her journey um, into ultras Uh, what it's like she lives in Nome, Alaska. And I'm always fascinated by Alaska because I'm like, man, I I just, I don't know. I've never been up there. And that to me is like what I imagine when I imagine the wilderness and imagine adventure. Um, But her perseverance and what she's learned through her experience on the planet. And she's she's incredible and i just i'm very honored that she'd come on the podcast and be so open and authentic and um you know really dive in uh and i'm just like i said completely inspired by her and i i hope you guys are too and i hope uh after listening to the podcast you're you're also able to kind of if you're in ultra running or if you're in adventure of any sort, but I hope you're able to kind of use the wilderness, use adventure, use just time and peace and quiet to go out and kind of process your own life events. So, um, and I think that's a gift kind of Carol brings to the world and she brings so many gifts to the world, but I think that's one is just this, uh, This pure love for just heading out into the wilds and this kind of like fearlessness. I mean, wait till you hear the story of her first 100-miler, especially like the last bit of it, you know, the last little last few miles. Um, She is just completely awesome. And yeah, I'm very excited to share the episode. So let's get into it. Uh, This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Number 297 with Carol Seppaloo. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited. I'm beyond honored. Uh, I'm here with Carol Sepulhu, Um, And our mutual friend, Ryan Wanless kind of connected us. Uh, and I have to say this, Ryan knows the coolest people on earth. And he's like recommended a, a few people for the podcast and they're so awesome. And so you are definitely a part of the Ryan Wanless, cool people he knows group. <laughs> Great.
1: Ryan is on the too.
0: So. Yeah, I just interviewed him and we were talking about um, him finishing the Iditarod coming into Nome. And he was just so excited. He's like, yeah, I know somebody who lives in Nome. It's Carol. And so, yeah, can you just real quick from your perspective, because we'll do that episode um, the week before this one. But from your perspective, can you just tell, like, what, what was that like? I, I mean, I'm sure every year the Iditarod rod's kind of like a huge thing uh, in your town.
1: Yeah, I, I grew up at the end of the Iditarod. Um, the, at the finish line. So I'm a really big Iditarod fan. I actually didn't know about the Iditarod, uh, Iditarod Trail Invitational. So I had no idea people were doing thousand of mile distances by foot. That's incredible. Um, Ryan is actually the first person I've seen Walk into town. So it was very emotional watching a friend complete that incredible journey. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. And uh, it was funny texting with him today. He said, he, uh, he told me to bring this up. Let me, hold on, I have to bring it up on my phone super quick. He said he was eating breakfast at his Airbnb there in um after the race and he said carol ran by the front window and the host goes there goes carol and she goes everyone in town knows because he's like how do you know carol she's like everyone knows carol are you just the person like going out for all these like crazy runs in town
1: yeah i i run around town i ran all three roads uh that we have here 72, 73, and 90-mile roads. And then, uh, inspired by Ryan, I I ran from White Mountain to Nome on the Iditaro Trail, and that's a 68-mile run.
0: How was that? Because he said White Mountain to Nome is one of the most, like, dangerous sections of the course.
1: It, It was very scary. You know, I knew... I could do it safely and I had support uh, if I called on them. But I didn't realize how dangerous it was until I reached the blowhole and I was looking for Cape Nome, the little hill outside the town. I was looking for it and I thought that can't be Kate no that's too far it looked like it was farther than 40 miles I was like and it registered to me like you're 40 miles away from home in the middle of nowhere out in the winter um, in dangerous weather well it it was pretty calm that day, so but it could turn at any moment. The weather is very unpredictable there. But thankfully it cooperated and I made it home safely without running into any wild animals. I actually um I saw fresh bear tracks out there 30 miles from town and people were wondering if they were polar bear traps because we do get polar bears out here
0: yeah Mm. that is wild so yeah yeah most trail runners down where i am i'm in colorado and uh we don't have polar bears to contend with (laughs) like what is that like
1: um i i actually grew up watching them i and from St. Lawrence Island and we have polar bears every year uh, there. So and I know what they can do. Um, and it is it was scary uh, seeing those tracks, not knowing if they were polar bear or grizzly bear. Um, it was either of those. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you're just so far, I mean, Alaska, that's the great wilderness. Like you're way out there.
1: Yeah. um, There was a guy, I saw one guy on a snow machine and he was asking me, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just running. You're just jogging out here. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm running from White Mountain to know. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I actually heard a bunch of wolves not too far from White Mountain and it scared me. I could hear them running right by me. And I told them I'm not here to bother you. I'm just running home. So yeah. they don't bother.
0: Me. Yeah yeah that's I mean, it's just so um to me, it seems like Nome is so far away and so far out there um, just as a town in general, like what how would you kind of describe the town and like where you live and and things like that for for those of us who haven't been there?
1: It seems very isolated um. It's just really big country out there. The town is very small. We have maybe 44,000 people, 4,500 people living in Nome. And it's a small town with big country. Uh, We have three roads and you could go... A few miles out, and you're out in the wild with amongst um, grizzly bears and ox. Um, yeah. So I did a 20-mile run and we ran into three herds of musk docks. Um
0: wow. In knee-deep snow. I you might add because <laughs> we weren't recording when you were telling me that. That is that is like I mean, is there a sentence that's more like Alaskan than saying you ran in knee deep snow and ran into a bunch of (laughs) muskox? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I, I dream of Alaska. Like I really do. I dream of someday getting up there and just seeing it with my own two eyes. So, um, and I think it's super cool. Like you know, cause for you, it might seem normal, you know, having grown up there and lived there and things like that. But for me, I'm like, that sounds so cool. Um, what is the, like, is there a trail running community up there? I mean, I know you have some running friends and things like that.
1: You know, here, you know, we don't really have trails. We, we, when we go out mountain running, we have to bushwhack and run on the terrain that's out there. There are ancient foot trails, um, and there are ATV trails. But really, we just run out on the tundra. Um, It's very different from the races that I've been to in the lower 48. I, I I find it so easy running on trails when I go to my races and I really appreciate them. Um, but there's a pretty good amount of runners here, um, mainly road runners and five 10K uh, runners. Not a whole lot of people
0: who go more than a marathon yeah 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 that's amazing well I want to kind of like get into what led you to ultra running and um you know and I know that you've had a lot of challenges thrown your way that you've you've stepped up and and faced and overcame and things like that and I would just be honored to kind of like hear your story from your perspective um And just how that kind of brought you to this sport that I personally think is, I I think ultra running. And the reason that drew me into it too, was it's this kind of like crucible, like as a way to like, like heal or process like these major life events that, that people have faced. And I'm like super interested in that concept. Um, So yeah, I'd be honored to like hear your story, Carol.
1: So I, I grew up on St. Lawrence Island and we moved to Nome when I was eight and I when we moved here we had to deal with uh, a lot of alcoholism and I, I went through a lot of trauma growing up as a kid. Uh, it's a, a very good kid uh, with good grades, straight A student, um, every award any kid could get, but then I, I was having to go through so much trauma in my life at such a young age, and it affected me mentally Uh, When I became a teenager, I I started getting into drugs and alcohol, and my life just kind of spiraled downward, and I fell into a very deep depression. And I was losing friends to suicide at a very high rate. Um, We have some of the highest in the nation. Um, And when I was 16 years old, I was partying with some friends, and I went home and just decided I don't want to be alive anymore. So um, while I was intoxicated, I uh, attempted to take my own life, but with a, a shotgun. I remember that night, um, I was on the ambulance stretcher and everything was starting to fade away. All the people screaming, I couldn't hear them anymore and I couldn't see them anymore. It was completely dark and, you know, that was the most terrifying thing I ever experienced, and I remember praying, dear God, save me, I I don't want to die anymore. Everything came back at that moment and I survived with severe wounds on my face. Um, I went through several years of reconstructive surgeries. Uh, and maybe a decade later, I, I told the doctor, I, I've had enough. I, I can't go through anymore. I'm going to take a break. Uh, so I started working at the hospital. Um, and I was trying to live my life as normal as I could with the severe wounds and a permanent tracheostomy. It's a narrow tube that I break through. I was still going through depression, but I knew um, I wanted to be alive. I wanted to live life. I, I appreciated Every ounce of light I could see, um, being able to see and to hear, and but the depression—it was very hard to deal with, and it got so bad that I I couldn't get out of bed. I was in bed for twenty hours a day, and one day. I woke up at noon. Um, The sun was shining through my curtain, And I told myself, Carol, you need to get up and do something. Go for a two-mile run. How hard could that be? And I'm this 233-pound person who had really no running experience other than uh, running in elementary school, and a few times as a teenager, but I got the inspiration from a friend who was running all of these marathons across the United States. And she would invite me to go running with her. And I, I would say, I'm not a runner. I, I'm really big. And, um, but that thought, it stayed in my mind. And it was that day I decided, I'm going to go for a two-mile run. <laughs> um, I put my shoes on, grabbed my dog, and we we took off. And I remember a guy down the street, he said, Hey, jogger. And you know, that made me feel really cool being called a jogger. Like I have been doing it for a long time, but that (laughs) was me. And it was a couple blocks down the road and it's all downhill. I completely ran out of breath. And I remember thinking you could just walk the rest of the two miles. And I I did. I walked the rest of the way. And I, I did that every day to see how much farther I could run. And it took me about a year before I could actually run the entire two miles without stopping to take a walking break and I became obsessed with seeing how much farther I could go
0: yeah well so I want to know about that because you know I'm sure people have had that moment where they go out and they go on that first two-mile run And it's really hard and it's way harder than they ever possibly thought imaginable. Um, What made you do it the the next day? Like day two or, you know, like what built the consistency in you? Was it just the curiosity of how much farther I could go?
1: Yes, I, I wanted to see if I could make it to this point. And at that point, um, it it became kind of like a game. Um, It was exciting. Uh, It it was very hard, very difficult. Um, But I noticed how happier and healthier I felt every time I went out there. Um, And I think that's what helped a lot. So...
0: Yeah. Well, I think it, I think to speak on like the happier part beyond just the physical health and like, you know, you feel stronger as you're being consistent with running, but something I noticed, you know, since the pandemic, especially like right at the beginning with all the lockdowns and everything is, I think people started appreciating just getting outside and exercising, not for like the physical benefits or the physical reasons, but mostly for like the mental, like, Hey, like this made me feel good, you know? And I just think that's kind of like an interesting, I think it was an interesting shift during that from physical health. Like I have to work out to lose all this weight or or whatever to more like, I'm going to go outside and, and exercise just because it it feels good. Like I like it. You know, and did you have a moment where it like clicked? Like, could you, can you tell me if there's a moment where like running clicked for you and you're like, I actually enjoy this now.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it took me a sweat breaking effort to do 17 minute miles back then. And I remember the moment when I looked at, I was using a, an app on my phone and it said 13 minute while. <laughs> I remember it was then, I was like, that's so amazing. Like, I thought that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and um, I think that's when I I really thought running was um, my thing, like, that's
0: what I wanted to do. That's amazing. No, that's, yeah, that's so cool. And I, it's the, it's that consistent action, though, right? Like, I mean, cause that doesn't happen the first time you run, you have to just keep at it. And, but I feel like it's hard because that's, that's the part that's hard is making up your mind. Like I'm just going to keep doing this and eventually I might like it. Maybe <laughs> it's that delayed gratification, you know, that makes it really interesting to me.
1: Yeah. I, I signed up for my first race. It was a eight mile race, local race. And I finished in last place, but I finished it, and I thought if I could do eight, I could do 13. I could do the half marathon that next year, and it, it I didn't realize what I was building up to back then. I, I didn't even know um, ultra-marathons existed. Yeah. I, I didn't know what was going on, but... Um, it just kept growing.
0: Yeah, when did those get on your radar?
1: So my friend, the same one who's who inspired me, um, she was looking for someone to help her with a hundred mile race. So I'm like, what? <laughs> um, who knew that existed? Like I have no idea. You know, I've heard of marathons. I I haven't heard of Hundred Mile Races. That was that completely blew my mind. And I I told her I'd love to follow and I I signed up for the 20 mile race and it was there in Louisiana when after i finished that race it was raining so hard and i was absolutely miserable out there Um, but i finished it and i sat around waiting for my friend and i was watching these people it was a 20 mile loop and they were smiling, they were having a good time, and I knew how tough it was out there. And I thought if they could get joy out of doing something that difficult, um, I wanted that too. So I made a goal to do an ultramarathon one day um, and that's where, it
0: all started. That's, that's amazing.
1: Those crazy people who are smiling.
0: <laughs> that's z That's why, like, when you're in an ultra, you got to just try to smile anytime you see someone because you don't know who you're gonna like inspire with that. You know. Yeah. Um. So I I looked at your ultra sign up and I tried to like track the progression a bit. Um and I saw so tell me if I'm wrong because I know ultra sign up misses stuff sometimes. Um, but it looked like on there your first ultra was the resurrection past 50. Um, can you yeah. kind of speak to that race and tell me how that went and and all of that? So um I I I knew I
1: wanted to run and ultra sunday and my friend had suggested this race um it's completely self-supported uh, i don't know why i take that <laughs> very difficult 50 uh, miler um i i don't know what what i was doing i didn't know what i was getting myself into i just went out and did it I remember showing up and uh, the next uh, checkpoint was until maybe 22 miles away. And then after after leaving that place, there was no turning back. Um, There were no aid stations, no nothing out there. Just you. It was really scary. um but i completely fell in love with the mountains i think that's where my love for mountain running came from just the the peace and the solitude um i did run into a couple of bears but um, they, they left
0: me alone that is that is what like a 50 miler for your first one with where you're basically self-supported with bears is probably like one of the most like crazy first ultra marathons you could take on uh is that is this the one i'm trying to look at it online so i could get an idea which is this the the race through uh, the Kenai mountains? Yeah. Which it looks like exactly, I don't know. And I think I might've mentioned this to Ryan, but like when I think of wilderness and adventure, like the pictures of this race are exactly what I imagined as a little kid, like growing up in Iowa, like imagining mountains and just vast like forests of like in every direction that is so cool
1: yeah it's just you and the wild out there there there's no there were a couple of hikers and bikers who cheered for me um and of course the bears um the bears bears were
0: cheering too
1: yeah You would think that I wouldn't want to run ever again after that, but I I fell in love with the mountains and running the trails.
0: Yeah. Well, so this is, I think this might be the question I'm always trying to understand. And, you know, I've done ultra runs as well, and I've understood how it has affected me. And I understand like, it's a weird thing to most people to be like, this brings me so much joy. It is a lot of suffering, but for some reason, that is what makes me satisfied and what makes me happy. And what, like, what do you think it is about this activity that brings a smile to people's faces as they're running, you know, like, because it doesn't it shouldn't make sense it shouldn't work out like that you know
1: yeah it, it it is very painful you you're out there for a very long time and your legs are getting tired you're getting tired you yeah. know there are moments where you just want to quit and go home um and I, I, you know, I apply that in my own life. I go through a lot of dark moments. There are still moments where I'm thinking, you know, I really don't want to go through this. I, you, you get to that point where you think you can't take another step, but, somehow you find the courage or the strength to do it and both in my life and in running I I don't know how I do it but I find the strength to just put one foot in front of the other and you know it it's really tough but when you make it through and when you make it to the finish line, it's so much like that there's so much joy um in getting to where you want to be. Um I I, I don't know how to describe it in words. I I don't think I've ever found a joy that i I found in' um, crossing the finish line, so yeah,
0: no, i that's a perfect way to describe it. That joy is so and I think that's the cool part when you're going and just watching these races or you're seeing people finish things, like you can feel that joy and it's the community feeling too where you're kind of like surrounded by that, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's so you felt that I'm assuming 50-miler tired by the end, but love in life and then so was it straight to I'm going to run 100-miler from there or what? Yeah, I I
1: was that was my goal i want to do 100 miles someday um and you know back then i didn't know what elevation gain was <laughs> i didn't know anything about ultra running, so it's like i'm gonna run 100 miles on my birthday <laughs> and i go on i google 100 mile run and hitchcock experience came up and i'm like i'm gonna do this one (laughs) i get there and it's like nothing but hills you go
0: this was my mystery this was my big mystery because ryan said he met you at the hitchcock 100 and i was like because as he was telling me the story i'm like oh cool yeah because i'm from iowa and i'm like yeah hitch the hitchcock 100 in iowa and then he's like, yeah, but she lives in Nome, Alaska. And I was like, why was she in the Hitchcock in Iowa? And so that makes sense now. So it just happened to fall on your birthday.
1: Yeah, uh, if, if I had finished it, I would have finished it on my birthday. And that's what <laughs> I wanted. But, you know, I I didn't know what elevation gain was. and. And that race was very difficult. The hills, they're small. I think the biggest climb is like 300 feet. Um, But there's nothing but hills. You just go up and down, up and down the entire time. And you go through 20,000 feet of elevation gain. And I remember telling the race director when i reached 50 miles i told them i have the heart but i don't have the body i'll be back next year and that's where i met ryan and we we've been
0: uh,
1: pretty good buddies ever since
0: yeah and so did you go back the next year oh you met him during the next one
1: I, I did go back the next year, and uh, it snowed that year. You think I would be prepared for the snow? Nobody knew it was gonna dump nine inches before race day, and you know I had been training in the snow, but I didn't bring my snow gear. <laughs> uh, so I. I actually almost I was like that close to finishing it. Um I made it 85 miles be- before I threw the towel in because my my toes were completely frozen. I I had a pretty severe frostbite and I knew if I Kept going i I would
0: lose a toe or two and i you know you don't want that no no not at all and weirdly enough i had like a very similar experience but like on the opposite end of the spectrum in iowa here's the thing like as an iowan iowa gets the worst of both seasons like winters are rough summers are rough so i went out there and ran an ultra 100k And I had done this desert race and I was like, oh, I can handle the desert. I know how to heat adapt. And then in Iowa, it was like 98 degrees, super humid. And I was ridiculously like my, I look back, I have a video on my phone. My face is like completely red. I'm like, what was happening? So yeah, Iowa tricky. It's tricky. But yeah, I,
1: I, I, be stubborn I like to finish what I started so (laughs) I went back that next year and but um I I kind of had an injury before that race it wasn't major but um my knee was bothering me and uh I I it was really bothering me at mile 65, so yeah. I decided to keep going. But I saw Ryan, and he was like, Carol, can you taste me <laughs> after I dropped out?
0: That's yeah, nice. Well, that's um, so, so there's all, yeah, so looking at your ultra, and once again, if I'm wrong about like ultra sign up, trying to figure it out from there, but it looked like your 100 miler you complete like you were able to complete was the back to the resurrection pass 100 miler which if that's the case i thought like what a cool like full circle moment there you know
1: yeah i decided to go back to resurrection pass but i i knew it would be very difficult um completely self-supported and i knew that i would be facing theirs and the darkness i'm terrified of the darkness but um i i told my buddy max uh he had been filming me i told him Once I get to mile 70, I I want you guys to kick me out because after you leave mile 70, there's no turning back. Those guys will be packing up and leaving and you you can't turn around and go back to them after you leave. So I have them kick me out (laughs) Um, and... I, I left, I I did the last 30, I, I had a mental breakdown at mile 92, I actually took a video, but I deleted it after, which I regret, um, but in it, I was saying, I don't know if I'm going the right way, I think I accidentally turned around, <laughs> um, but I I checked my compass and it told me I was going the right way, Um, but when you're at that that state of mind you don't know what to believe so I was pretty delirious at that moment and um, it was scary but And I ran into a bear about four miles from the finish line. We actually, like, kind of were running at each other. And then he ran up a tree. And I didn't know what to do. I I wondered if I should turn around and walk back. Um, But I looked at him and I said, I need to get to the finish line. So I'm going to walk right by you. Um, and he just turned his head like that and he let me go.
0: Wow, What, what did it feel like when you got to the finish line on that race? And like when it clicked and you knew you were going to finish your first 100 miler?
1: Oh, man. And, you know, I still have goosebumps thinking about it. it. I could hear the people. And that's when I was like, yeah, I made it. Um, and I, you know, I was t- wanting to cry. I was crying, but there were no... No tears coming out because I probably didn't um, drink um, enough water at that point. Um, but I remember thinking, Carol, you did it! You reached your hundred-mile goal. I, I, you know, I couldn't believe it. It, it felt kind of surreal. Um, it was incredible. I, it was, I think, one of the, the greatest memories of my life, and probably will be for the rest of my
0: life. Yeah, that's amazing. Does when you think about it, like I guess what I think with ultra marathons, but especially like when you have a big goal and you're thrown these obstacles and even like you said mile 92 thinking you're lost and then you have to face down a bear like these are the things these are like epic challenges thrown at you right at the end of this like years-long journey and i just wonder like i mean i (laughs) That delayed gratification just has to make it that much sweeter because you know what you've been through. Like I just think that's so cool, and I it gives me goosebumps even just hearing hearing about it.
1: You know, I, when I finish, I, I I'm still smiling from that finish. Um, just. It was very difficult, painful, very miserable um, getting to that finish line. But I cannot explain the the pure happiness, the pure joy I felt since um, completing that goal um, I, I I get to tell that story to people. Um, I, I had a hundred mile goal and I did it. Um,
0: That's incredible. That's yeah, I and I think like telling that story and having people understand all of those things that you had to like battle along the way is it's so it's beneficial to other people as well because like I know like before I ever heard about ultra marathons if I saw someone's finish at the end of a hundred mile race it would probably blow my mind I would be like whoa what a hundred miles that's nuts but I wouldn't fully grasp like what that took and to hear about like years of going back to Hitchcock and trying again and trying again like I think that I think one of the things that draws me to these events is that it gives you, it helps you gain like self possession or, or like self confidence where it's like you're confident in your actions and you're kind of like, it helps build you up to be like, well, surely I can face X challenge because I already did all these things, you know? And I wonder if, if you experienced that and even like in your story, you know, leading up to you even becoming a runner, like if that's kind of just a part of of who you are now, where it's like I I face the challenges and I know that I have confidence that I can get through it just by putting one foot in front of the other.
1: Yeah, I I definitely apply that in my own life. Um, I I still struggle with depression and going. Like- Really tough times in my life, um, but and um, these do these ultras—they make you mentally tough, um, and I need that in my life. Um, I I feel like I'm I'm able to face a lot more. And I'm very, I'm really grateful for the path
0: that I've been on. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know I'm grateful to even be able to hear your story. And I, I did want to hear like, has it been like, what has the experience been like being so open and authentic with sharing like what you've gone through on this journey?
1: You know, um, I I started sharing it when I survived. I I was telling people, uh, maybe you're going through a difficult time, but it's not going to be that way forever. I was trying to tell people that when you're going through a dark moment, you wanna get out of it, you don't wanna stay in it. And when I had attempted to t- commit suicide, I I experienced that true darkness, that absolute nothingness, and that's not where I want it to be and that's not where I ever want to be again so whenever I'm going through tough things I, I remember that and I appreciate every ounce of light I see and I I try to share that with everyone and I, I did that in the beginning and there was a guy at the airport who came up to me, and he said, hey, I recognize you. I read your article in the first Alaskans magazine, and I want to tell you that um, I had been contemplating ending my life, but when I read your story, I I felt um, like i wanted to be alive so thank you i'm here because of you and when he when he told me that i knew that i should never turn down an opportunity to share so yeah
0: Yeah. and i mean just yeah when you're when you're sharing something so authentic it's like that's going to affect other people because they can see like how powerful the words and the ideas that you're sharing are, you know? And I just think that's, that's incredibly brave and it's incredibly like beneficial just to the world at large, honestly. So that's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, And you're absolutely amazing. Oh my gosh. Like you're incredible. So I know, and I usually don't ask like, what's the next event that you're going to take on? Um, But Ryan had texted, he's said that you're, I think you're planning on Broken Arrow and then Leadville. Um, So can you kind of just like, tell me like why those events, like what was it about those that like drew you to it? So
1: Broken Arrow was a race that a friend told me about. I went and I had an amazing experience. I got to connect with the race directors and they made me feel like a winner. Like they treated me like I won the race and I I finished way in the back. <laughs> All right. I, I don't remember what place I got it. It was pretty far back, um, but it was incredible. I love the community, the race directors, the 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 land, and it's you climb these big mountains. I loved it, so I'm gonna go back and do that one again, and I'm gonna go to bill 100, which for I think a person like me with a permanent trait he asked to me, um I want to break barriers and show the world that someone like me could finish a race like that. So
0: yeah. That's so huge. I cannot wait. I i'm hoping to be up there that weekend of the level 100 so i will definitely um stop by and say hi and cheer you on and all of that i'm super super excited have you been up there before
1: yeah i i actually i i ran there in 2019 okay and i did 15 like 43 miles i think yeah um Yeah, I'm going to go out there and do it. My my best friend in the race, too, so that's going to help a lot.
0: That's amazing. Plus, you have the confidence of, like, I face down grizzly bears. Like, come on, Leadville. I can take whatever you're going to throw at me.
1: (laughs) I'm excited. And, you know, my my obsession with seeing how much farther i could go hasn't stopped yet so like i just want to see if i could do on distances farther than 100 miles Um, and like my dream my ultimate goal (laughs) is to do
0: what ryan did so that would be absolutely incredible that's so cool yeah and plus unlike pretty much everyone who's doing that the iditarod would be like hey i'm back like i'm just running home at this point (laughs) you know for a month i'm running home for like 26 days but whatever
1: yeah that would be Really cool.
0: <laughs> that would be crying. so cool. No, I love that. This has been awesome, Carol. I'd so much appreciate talking with you. Um, anything else you'd like to kind of share with everybody or or where can people um kind of follow your future adventures? Um, um I i do
1: have Instagram, it's at Mascock, and Maskok is my Siberian Yubik name uh, short for Naskovny. um that's where I post like public things I pretty much the only place I keep public so
0: awesome awesome yeah anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up
1: um keep going <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing
0: well carol thanks for coming on i'd love to uh you know if you're out here in at leadville let me know i would i'm like i said i'm planning on hopefully at least being up there i've never seen it i've never been up there for that weekend and i would love to do it and i might be uh crewing for for somebody up there so um but i would love to to meet you in person and that would be that would be amazing yeah that
1: would be fun
0: awesome well thanks for coming on and we'll have to we'll have to catch up with you again at some point
1: Hey, okay. thank you
0: thanks all right ladies and gentlemen that wraps up this week's show a uh, huge thanks to carol for coming on the podcast sharing her story she's awesome i cannot wait um for leadville i was texting her yesterday i uh, preparing to like give the podcast together And she is so psyched and I'm psyched and uh, hopefully, I mean, I've never experienced it. Carol's been out there before, you know, she's excited for that. Um, I've never experienced that weekend. Um, I'm going to go out and probably crew a friend. Uh, And I live in Colorado for, you know, for the last five years, you'd think I would have gone to Leadville before. And my friend Tim Barr, he loves it. He's like, that's his like favorite thing. I think I did a podcast with him and Caitlin uh, Yankee about it, but uh, that's his like favorite event ever. And so I'll run with him every week or so. And he's just like geeks out about Leadville, which is so cool. So um, I'm so excited to, uh, to be able to uh, experience that. But now, especially like knowing people that i've met through the podcast who are going to be there um makes it even more special to me because i'm like wow it's so cool like i've met people through the show but we we talk through zoom and things like that but then to actually like meet them in person will be really really cool um and really fun and uh i know ryan and his wife emily will be there and so i'm really excited to uh be able to see them too i mean like I think I said it last week, but they've helped out the show so much um, over these 297 episodes uh, and really have connected me with some of the guests who have inspired me the most, um, including Carol. I mean, you heard her story, uh, and I think it's so important to share, to be so open, and kind of share your authentic life with people and I, I just think it's really amazing I think it's really brave uh, I am inspired by her as an athlete but also just as a human being um, and you know I think she's she obviously has had a very powerful life and and uh has found this like wonderful i think i don't know is is ultra running a tool like i think it's a tool to help us just understand our lives at this weirder deeper level um i think and and maybe i'm speaking from my own experience uh you know, and I know I've talked about um the Deseret stage race that I've done a handful of times <laughs> at this point uh but I've been out at that race three times, so I've been there two times as a participant um uh, running it, and I was there last summer filming it and it's it's hard to explain, but there's this stretch of road like eventually so there's stage four and stage four is like the expedition stage it's 42 miles but you've already ran like you know 80 or 90 miles at that point of the week um and you're heading up into the La Salle mountains so you're like going uphill all day and it's slow because you know I mean I can't imagine people can like just sprint up 9,000 feet all day so you're hiking a lot of it and eventually you get to this point where you make it to the like the peak like the top and then you head downhill for the last five miles and you're almost to camp and you're beat up you're tired you're dirty you're sore all of it and there's this stretch of uh of road and you're finally back on a road when you're heading downhill like it's paved and there's this stretch of this paved road and it's like probably a half mile right before you turn and then get into your into the camp for the night where the finish line is for that day and it's hard to explain but that road to me i've like learned things about myself that i've carried on They're like from that point on, you know, and each year it was something different. Um, but it helped me kind of understand life and understand our world and understand what I'm capable of, uh, on a super deep level. And, and it's strange because it's not like, it's not like you're just, I mean, I was trying to tell this to my students yesterday about like learning sometimes in life, like most times, probably you're not going to learn something just from someone telling you something or just from you seeing something. Right. Like uh, we were talking. Well, I I shared this story that I'm sharing here and. Um, so. Well, for example, my second year of running that race, I came into that last half mile and everything like I had focused so much energy on that race and everything was going perfectly and I felt amazing and all the pieces were falling into place and I had this powerful realization of like, it's the real and it, there are always realizations that people have told you a billion times and i guess i'm like doing the same here just saying it uh but experiencing it and feeling it and and i came down that stretch and i was like whoa like if i const- if i focus on something and put energy and effort into something look what i can do like look what i can accomplish like i think i could accomplish Anything I put my mind to, because I'm accomplishing this right now, and it was like, oh, I learned that concept, but I felt it and I embraced it, and honestly, I've tried to, and I think I've done a pretty good job carrying it with me since then. Um, last summer when we were filming out there, so we weren't running at that point, uh. I, I shared on the podcast, but we started the week filming, having the greatest day of our lives and then having like the rug pulled out underneath us when uh me and my friend Chris got news that our uh school resource officer uh Gordon Beasley was shot and killed um just on patrol uh and he was like the greatest dude ever great human being loved him loved talking with him every day he was just a dude who wanted to work at a school as a cop uh and so all week we were filming it was this weird kind of thing where you know you were accomplishing something that you had worked really hard to do But then at the same time like so half of you was like in that experience and then at the same time the other half was in the process of grief and stuff. Um, And you know like barely sleeping the week you know having those moments of just breakdown and grief and stuff like that. Uh, And I was on that stretch of road like I'd been dropped off so I could get cell phone service and it's like a mile from camp and I'm talking to my wife and she's giving me updates and we're just crying on the phone together uh and I'm just really angry like I'm like man like I'm just thinking about the ripple effect and how how I in I think like positivity or negativity that just ripples out um and I was thinking about man like this horrible horrible thing that happened to my friend and how like what led to that happening was this massive ripple of negativity through a community probably um and I was getting angry about that as I was walking down the street and as I was, like, sobbing. And in the background, like, a half mile away in camp, I just hear, like, laughter and love and support. And everybody just, like, I f- it's it's hard to explain. And maybe it's because I didn't, I wasn't sleeping. And maybe it's because I was, like, dehydrated or or just tired from running around and doing this project um but i like didn't just hear this love for coming from the camp like i felt it like deep in my core like i just could feel that positivity and and i realized then and i've tried to like it's really been something i've thought about a lot this year is just That stuff ripples, you know? If you are making, like, actions based on love, that stuff ripples out and more people are going to make actions based on love. And, And I think that's super important. But it's weird because I wouldn't have experienced that had I not put myself out there in this environment where I had time time away from technology i had time away from just being distracted um for a while and i just really was kind of just out in nature like having a moment um and i don't know if i mean i do know i think that's why i like ultra running i think that's why i enjoy the sport i think that's what i find through it and It's just it's helped me so much. And then when I talk to people on the podcast like I have and I hear their stories and I hear how it's helped them and and helped them kind of like I never want to say heal because I know from at least from my experience like it's just a weird relationship with that word when it comes to like life trauma or past trauma or whatever. But I do want to say process like it helps me like just understand a little bit more about what my life is and like what the purpose is and and you know maybe understand like why certain events happens and how to kind of like strive forward from there. So this has been a really long outro so apologies for that <laughs> but I hope that's what you guys are finding too. Um, if you're out there listening and you, you just haven't had an adventure where you're heading out there and, and really exploring these, these places, these wild places, both like external and internal, like I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Um, and just see, like, I don't know, see what happens. Cause isn't that the human experience? Like we all have the events that we, uh we seek to understand um so yeah anyways once again thank you carol uh you're amazing you've brought up all these wonderful ideas and like like i said you're just a awesome awesome human being awesome athlete i'm inspired i haven't ran a 100 miler yet and i the more i talk to people the more i feel like i i definitely need to um so yeah But anyways, it was a pleasure, and I would love to have you on again uh, after Leadville. All right. We will talk to all of you guys later. I'll see you guys next week.